Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at causeupdate.com and selfishgiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Joe Waters and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is the Queen of the West, Megan Strand. Hey! <laughs> See, I, I give you this these exalted titles every week. I know! Every week. And you never say, like, you're the king of the East or you're the best of Boston. Because you do the like intro. That. Well, how That's am I true. supposed I to do that? I think we're going to have to start switching up the intros a little bit, you know, so that I can get a really generous info- intro from you. Because you don't get a word in edgewise on the show, right. do you? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and once again on the show, we are going to the dogs again this week. I Megan. know. I'm so excited. I know. Isn't that? And on I the line dogs. with right, uh, right now, uh, we have Beth Belanti, who is program manager of Vodka for Dogs, which is just one of the philanthropic arms of Tito's Handmade Vodka in Austin. Hey, Beth. How's it going? Wonderful. How are you all? You know, Beth, I want to tell you something. Since I started giving my dog your vodka, he is so (laughs) much calmer. You could get me in big trouble. He hasn't moved in like a week. (laughs) It's vodka for dog people. Oh, oh. Jeez, Joe. uh, Beth, how am I going to explain this one to the wife? (laughs) I don't know. You're on your own. I'm I'm there and I'm I'm at the store like, honey, it's vodka for dogs. It just goes to show I never finish reading anything, right? You know. He could only handle like a thimble full. That's right. Child, absolutely. Child. I know. I, I, have a, I have a little seven pound Yorkie too. And he is just down there just waving back and forth, staggering around and stuff like that. But so much calmer. So, but Beth, um, this looks like a great program. You know, what, I know there's a lot to tell about this story too. Could you start by telling us a little bit about the parent company? That's probably a good place to start, Tito's Handmade Vodka, and then kind of how the program grew from that. Okay. It's a long, uh, adventurous story, so I'll try my best to All right. keep it as we, brief we, we as like possible. We like good stories. But... I'm getting my popcorn right. out. <laughs> <laughs> Tito um, is actually the independent owner and um, master distiller of Tito's Handmade Vodka, and ha- after a bunch of failed businesses, uh, he's a geologist and geophysicist by trade. Hmm. Um, after a lot of failed um, businesses, he took his love of flavoring other people's vodka for Christmas presents into, well, why didn't anyone get a, ever get a permit in Texas to make liquor? Hmm. And he actually studied the code of, of, um, of the government here of why there hadn't been to where they couldn't say no to him anymore. And that was way over 20 years ago. The wow. coming year will be our 20th anniversary. Wow. So he built his own pot stills and a shed way out on this cheap land in uh, southeast Austin. And he always had his dog by his side. Her name was Dog Joe. She lived to be 17, and he would just stay there overnight, you know, just running this pot still and just doing all this by himself. He put the whole thing on credit cards and funded it all himself because no one would give him any money. He just, you know, bottled by hand, would go into liquor store parking lots by hand and sell it. Um, but it was just him and this dog out there for a really long time. And um, the dog, it was, it's out in kind of a rural part of Austin. So her food started attracting all of the feral and dumps and 
homeless animals, the dogs in the area. And so he started feeding them and kind of fixing them up as best he could. He was way in debt at this point because one man vodka company, you know, takes a while, Mm. if you can imagine. He uh, he just starts getting them adopted really easily. And then I come along in 2002, 2003, and I've been rescuing my whole life, the child of dog rescuers. And I started helping him um, get them spayed and neutered at a clinic, a really low-cost clinic down the street. Sometimes we would keep them. Um, we would have, you know, anniversary or big parties where we'd have, you know, all these stray puppies in a playpen, and people would just adopt them there. We started putting them on Facebook. They started becoming more popular than the vodka. So eventually we had to move. We had to create something, some sort of dog content uh, space um, for the dog people. And so we did that with VodkaForDogPeople.com, and we started an Instagram, and it was just kind of our side project, and all the dog merchandise we sold went to that little clinic where we had taken all those animals to be fixed up, um, and then they went national with their vision just as Austin became the first largest no-kill city, and they were very um, important in how that happened, and so now we're taking their message and trying to be a megaphone for them and trying to help them financially opening more clinics in and out of Texas um, to fight animal homelessness. So that is kind of how Vodka for Dog People happened. Was it really, was it really the dogs or was it the vodka? No, it was first the vodka for sure. <laughs> um, but the vodka created this. The fact that Tito was doing this on his own and he was winning all these awards and he was so humble and he didn't want to charge a lot for it and he made it in such a precise way in small batches. Um, that it really agreed with people. And the story of Tito is very enchanting and real. Mm. And he worked really hard and he did, never sold off the company, never took anyone's money. And that word of mouth, you know, spread into this sort of um, word of mouth vodka cult of people. Well, then you mix that cult with the dog cult, as I call it, because we're all, you know, yeah. if you've got a dog and most likely an insanely passionate dog person, um, so you put those two things together, you know, and it just worked. I mean, a lot of people thought we were crazy, but we didn't care. We were trying to pay it forward, and we have a dog-friendly office. We've won awards for the atmosphere we have here with our dogs by our side at our desk. Um, and then we've got dogs at the distillery to this day that live there, and the ones that kind of run in the gate when it's open that are strays. We're still doing that. We've rescued over 50 now there. Oh, my gosh. So the formal Vodka for Dog People program started about three years ago. Is that right? Yeah, it started out just online for Emancipat, but the sales force of Tito's took hold of it and wanted to activate it in their own cities for their local animal welfare mm, programs. Yeah, mm. And that became an actual platform of their philanthropy work. And so now it's, I think we've had events in five other countries this summer. Wow. And we've had over five or 600 for the year of Vodka for Dog People fundraising events. And they happen in every way possible. I mean, we even have stores doing adoptions and $1 of every bottle is going to an animal welfare group. So it's happening in ways I never could have dreamed of. So for the salespeople, did they want to do this because they were dog people or because they saw a sales benefit to? I think that's interesting. They said that, yeah, the reaction is none like they ever experienced um, from a sales point of view. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... 
most of them are indeed dog people and mm. are sending me dog pictures morning till night, which I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, think about it too, uh, Megan and Beth. I mean, one of the great things as a salesperson, and we've talked about this before too, Megan, is it gives you something else to talk about with a prospect. Absolutely. You know, I mean, these people, you're calling on liquor stores or what have you and stuff, they're all day people are coming out talking about liquor and stuff. And, and finally, you can go in and you say, hey, yeah. come out in the car and meet my dog. Right? And, you know, hear about what Tito's is doing. Yeah, I mean, there's dogs that are greeters in liquor stores. There's liquor store. Oh, you know, I said, just ask them, you know, what's their favorite group? And they'll tell you, you know, and it it does give it a a more refreshing spin, I think, than the usual stuff that's happening. And we have, you know, service dog groups we help and they come to our tastings. And it's almost like therapy. You get a a sample of Tito's and you get (laughs) to... People afterwards, they're like, was it the dog or the vodka that made me feel so I, good? I've got a new after work well, routine, Beth. That's a good idea. <laughs> Don't encourage her, Beth. Don't encourage her. <laughs> oh, funny. You know? well, so here's, here's the part to me that's so brilliant about this, which I totally hear that you did not do engineer uh, you know, just clinically, this was totally an authentic program that happened because Tito is out in the shed with these dogs and it's an amazing uh-huh. story. But what's so smart about it too, just strategically, is every time you see a liquor company partnering like with a health charity, mm. there's some that raises red flags for people. So the fact that your cause is animals and dog people it's just so smart, don't you yeah. think, Joe? Yeah, no, I do. And it, because, you know, and this is one of the things I tell people too, uh, Beth, when we have them on the show too, is it's important to focus on what you're passionate about. You know, just because your business is in a certain area doesn't mean like you have to help the homeless or you have to build homes with Habitat. Start with something that you're passionate about. And it sounds like that's exactly what Tito did. Yeah, we were just sort of in action. You know, dogs are just the culture, rescuing dogs, having them around, like his Tito's dog kept him company. I mean, we were just dog people and it went on like that for a really long time before this ever turned into another idea. Mm. You know, it just seems like 20 plus year natural evolution and it felt like I won the lottery when I got to rescue dogs, (laughs) promote animal welfare and do that yeah. in my office, you know, yeah. while I work yeah. at Tito's. Yeah. Now, I can't believe I got both of my dreams. Now, now, tell me, Beth, like in terms of the progression, though. So, you, you know, you came you came on board shortly after Tito got going and stuff like that. And it sounded like for like seven years, you folks were help, still, you know, I mean, you're helping dogs informally. You're feeding dogs, taking care of these these random dogs, these feral animals that are coming into your, your area and stuff. In 2010, what was the first thing you did? Like you, you made the program official, but what I'm thinking about too for our listeners, uh, uh, you know, on the other end is they're saying to themselves like, how does a program like this start? What was the small way that you kicked off in 2000? 2010 and how has it grown it was since more then? 2012 okay. actually it's only it's just a few years oh yeah old, that's right excuse me it's only been a real like permanent program since january of this year so okay. uh i would say the first thing we had to do was um buy you know a website domain yep with an idea to move the dog content over there mm-hmm. and and we didn't go social media crazy and we still don't we just started an instagram um, and then maybe well, we added a few for, more yeah. dog items to yeah. our store that yeah. would benefit. Yeah. Yeah. So just to, just to lay it out for everyone. So you've got a couple of sort of cause branded items. Like you have like little 
Tito's bottle dog chews and things like that, then I'm assuming some of that money goes toward everything dog related. So and then and then you you encourage your customers to raise money as well. Do you ever do anything with your um, retail partners that you work with? Yeah, we don't really ask much of the consumers outside of just getting dog swag, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But we throw events for them, you know, every night somewhere. And they're able to make a donation to get dog swag on site. Or they buy a raffle ticket. And then we have a beneficiary for every event we do. Mm -hmm. And that goes from all local, as you can imagine, to, you know, we had a partnership last this past year. We were the official spirit of the ASPCA's 150th anniversary. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that was our biggest that we have have ever done. Um, But it just goes from... As big as you can imagine, too, is, is small, you know. So when you do, uh, you had mentioned earlier that one of the things you do is a, is a dollar from each bottle sold uh, goes uh, to your work. Is that, um, is that something that is that something that happens all the time, Beth, or does it just no. happen? No. Yeah, just when that's you're doing an event. That's another new experiment. Right, okay. No, that's good. another new experiment. And every city, you know, where we have staff, they activate their own. Right. Program mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. under the umbrella of this. So that's something they tried in a store chain that mm-hmm. works. Good. It doesn't mean everyone's going to do it or right. we don't force the whole country to do it, yep. but it worked for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and we're really lucky. A lot of partners come through the woodwork and match us. So we have a cap, you know, on how much we can give, you know, per time period, per bottle. But we have all these people without even asking, say, I want to be part of this. Mm-hmm. So our contributions are tripling in most cases. Right. Wow. Because people, I know, because people want to be part of it. Yeah. So that is so rewarding. Well, you know, Beth, I mean, it's what, what's, I think you're a great illustration of too. And we've had a couple people on uh, the show too, that have highlighted this too, is how startups can kind of contribute uh, to causes. And, you know, the real, it's really smart to be involved with good causes, but you know, startups have to be creative too, because they don't have a lot of dough in the beginning. Right. And they right. may want to support a good cause. And it's it sounds like you folks have really found a way to give back. That doesn't mean, you know, digging into yeah. your own. So checkbook we've never all the had. Time. A, right. yeah, no, we've never had a really great budget in any department, but yeah. we've had. <laughs> and a lot of time, this isn't about money at all. This right. is about product donations, of sponsoring bars at galas. Right. Doing yappy hours with dogs. Where yappy hours. Agreed. Yappy hours. Drink. Yeah. So you, this has like so many different ways that it's activated and everyone is a partner with us to make it happen. And a lot of times it's just based on the vodka or vodka sales. It's not even financial contribution. Right. Mm. Right. What, what would you say have been some of the lessons that you feel you've learned along the way when Mm. it comes to rolling out this program? I mean, obviously this is a passion project for you, but I would imagine the bigger it gets and the more moving pieces it has, the more complex it gets as evidenced by the fact that you have a new job title. Like you did, this used to be one of a a third of the things that you did for the company, but now this is your focus. Yes. Um, I think learning, we've always been pretty great setting out our principles and sticking to them here. Um, And I, I feel like boundaries are the best thing. Like animal welfare is a very emotional Mm. uh, thing involved in and you want to be able to help everyone but you have to really find that balance and your own perimeters of what you can do you can't try to be everything to everyone but you can empower a lot of people to get anything done 
And so I learned a lot this year, and there won't be a whole lot of restructuring done. um, But, I mean, it was the first time for a lot of things, for a lot of things. And I'm making up the the plans for next year right now, you know. And although it's based on a lot of the same things, there's definitely a little bit of tweaking going on. um, Because sometimes you have to make things more simple Mm -hmm. to reach more people so you can handle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the important thing, too, Beth, and we always stress that with people on the show, too. And and regardless of the organization, they always emphasize that, too, with the programs. It's like you got to keep it simple so both customers and employees can understand it. Right. So I think I have to kind of, because it's gotten so huge in one year, I do have to scale a few things back to be able to to help more people, but, you know, easier. Do you see this as continuing to be a key piece of your marketing, though, for the company? Uh, they say it's permanent. I yeah. don't think it's ever going to go away. It'll just get bigger, and we'll just have to keep kind of um, tweaking it <laughs> so yeah. it's wow. manageable, I guess. Yeah. It's successful, but it's also inspiring in that the more ways we can sell vodka with this, the more animals we can help. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's you just want to get as much done as possible so yeah. that this can be a real force, right. you know. Now, for a small company like yours, Beth, you had, we had uh, mentioned in the beginning that this is just one arm of the business. What other philanthropic activities are you folks involved in? We have an entire philanthropy department. Um, since day one with Tito, he has pretty much given away more product than any other brand. He never intended to be this successful, even though he believed in what he was doing. He really just wanted to pay his rent in Austin and be able to, like, go out at night and, and stay in the city, basically, and not have to move away. Mm-hmm. So he had very small, um, you know, which is, he's just a simple person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he didn't realize this would get so big. And he he's just always believed in giving back. And now I think he sees his success as a way that he's going to help heal the world. Mm-hmm. His heart's completely philanthropy-based outside of making vodka. So he has... Um, you know, we don't have huge marketing budgets. We actually still stick to a lot of word of mouth. Um, and he puts it into giving back and finding creative new ways to give back. So um, we get, you know, possibly even 100 event requests for donations a day. And so wow. a lot of people yeah. all that. Yeah, I, I forget what the number is. It's in the thousands of how many fundraiser kind of events we do a year. But, yeah, it's, it, we could even use more people, honestly, on that <laughs> because it's just become gigantic. And we also respond as best we can to every, like, natural disaster and crisis. Um, we just have been renting a truck and taking supplies wherever there's um, a natural disaster as well. And then we, you know, try to go find out what the animals need in that disaster. Like, it's it's pretty constant. Um, and, you know, there's a few regulations with liquor of who you aren't, can't support. Mm-hmm. But we still get pretty far, I would say. Um, it's it's the core of, of of our events. You know, we're not big, huge promo party people. We do some music festivals, but mostly on any given night, there's several charity benefits that we're part of anywhere in the world, I would say. Do you feel like that really helps to build the Tito's community? I mean, it's sort of sounding to me like it's sounding to me like Harley Davidson in the making. Like it sounds like there's a Tito's community and this vodka for dog people is a huge part of it. But do you feel like all of those events lead into the Tito's community as well? Yes. I mean, people are quite attached to what, you know, um, things they believe in or want to help. 
And if you go and, you know, have some beautiful time at a fundraiser and the drinks were Tito's and you felt great in the morning and there were Tito's people there and, you know, we try to contribute in as many ways as we can to everything. I think that there's definitely an emotional kind of connection to it. But when you also go beyond that and realize that there's a real person behind it, you know, and we're a pretty tight family here and we show up, you know, we don't just send things off. We show up as much as we can. So we meet a lot of the people we're helping and, I think person to person is still super important rather than just sending, you know, vodka. We get really, really personally involved in a lot of the stuff we're working mm. on. So, um, I don't know. I think that it's, you know, everything's based on relationships and if you make great vodka, that's wonderful. But, you know, if you're, you know, able to use what you're selling to help a lot of people and animals, I mean, there's nothing really as fulfilling as that in my book, you know, Absolutely. Well, Beth, this has been so interesting. We love having you on to talk a little bit more about vodka for dog people. Where can people find out more about you and the program if they'd like to do that online? Uh, we have an Instagram at vodka for dog people, and we feature a different dog every day in Tito's swag or photo contest. Cool. It's really sweet and fun and light. Um, well, some of the events are promoted there. We promote vodka for dog people events on our basic uh, Tito's vodka Facebook page. We have vodka for dog people.com. Tito'sVodka.com. There's a new um, Vodka for Dog People version launching soon. I'm thrilled about. And then on Twitter, we are at Tito's Vodka as well. Excellent. Well, that is quite the roundup. We'll make sure that those are all included in the show notes. Thank you. And Joe, how about you? Where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me uh, talking to Tito and Megan on Twitter at Joe Waters. Uh, obviously, visit my blog, SelfishGiving.com. Download seven cause marketing graphics for free. And of course, check out all those pins on Pinterest at Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I am also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And you can find show notes for today's episode at Cause Update, as well as SelfishGiving.com, as Joe just mentioned. And of course, we want you to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes so that you do not miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a review. We'd really love to know what you thought about today's episode. And on behalf of Beth and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time.